This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to General Fantasy Analysis. We're going to be going through a pretty big video here. It's going to be reviewing the head-to-head team for the Round 22 season. It's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be ups and downs. It's going to be great parts about it. Obviously, ranked pretty well. But there was a turn. There was a time that we were really, really high, which I'll show in the rankings in a sec, uh, and obviously fell away a little bit. But we're going to go through a little bit of that original round one team reveal video and going through that head to head section first, and then we'll uh, we'll go from there. Strategy, yeah, we're going to talk about my team in a second. But in the head to head team, I've gone for a bit more of the guns and cash cow strategy, and my team a little bit more through the mid ranges. Yeah. Well. There lies our issues already. <laughs> Guns and cashies always wins, always wins, and, and decided in my team to go a little bit more the mid range style, um, and that obviously worked. That you know didn't work out as well. But the biggest thing we'll say just straight up is I had Damien Cook in the head dead team and had Reed Marnie in my team, and that's the difference between you know, hundreds of rankings, even thousands of rankings. I would say uh, just having those two and not having to move Cook all year. For example, was such a great one, but we'll keep moving. Uh, and mixing a couple of guns in there as well. So, yeah, very interesting. This I was very tempted to downgrade uh, one of these guys and upgrade elsewhere. Uh, I'm not exactly sure if I'm going to do it at this stage, but this is currently the team that I'm pretty happy with. I'm just wanting to put Burton in, who is not in this side at the moment. So, we have Damien Cook up top. Again, someone that I think is going to do pretty solidly. It'll be a little bit up and down, the random 40 uh, with a you know, random 80 in there. Which worked out pretty well with Cookie. Um, only thing I did change, I remember I moved Madison's money to Matt Burton and luckily got rid of Billy Smith. So that's the way I went with that instead of this um, this starter team. And we'll just open that up to the bigger screen there just to check that one out. So, because when I, when I go to my team in a second, it's going to show all the current prices for these guys. So 
let's just jump and look in uh, these guys at the top section anyway in regards to pricing. So if you look at starting team, Cook was per- you know, obviously perfect to start with. Madison had a really tough start, if we remember, and then dominated once he got down in price. He had that really, really good stretch. But at the start, I'm glad I got rid of him. Payne Haas, perfect start. He ended up scoring 85 in his first game. So that worked out yeah, solidly. He was a great one to pick. Obviously, the only issues we had with Payne Haas was when he got injured. So that's completely fair. We had Kurt Mann. So he's he started really well, and he was someone that a lot of people were trying to bring in. It was just picking the right time to move him on was the best thing with him. We had Tuolangi as a starter, and we saw what he did through the middle part of the year. Every time he actually got a chance to, to play big minutes, he did score well and he did make money. So 310 for him as a starter was a must-have, I believe. Uh, just didn't work out perfectly, and he could have, could have done a lot better. Crichton from the start wasn't completely ideal. He had a really tough one. Uh, obviously, he had a pretty tough year apart from sort of the back end here, and that was that. We spoke about Ilias a little bit. Just hadn't done... The mistake we made with him is that he wasn't a... He wasn't that superstar type of uh, half that has a bit of flair to him. And unfortunately, the bunnies started really poorly. So him starting poorly and the bunnies starting that way didn't work out great because there was a portion through the middle to back end of the season when they started playing better that he was averaging mid-40s. And a 300K, anywhere around that 40, 35 to 40 mark would have made him plenty. And unfortunately, we just didn't get that at the start. So he wasn't going to be that flashy guy that could get a 50 or 60 in one crack in, in some of these early games. But unfortunately, that was kind of where we're at with Lockie. Benny Hunt, uh, he actually started perfectly. He was he couldn't have asked for a better start. That's why I started pretty good. It was Damien Cook, Ben Hunt, and Payne House was the great uh, options to kick it off. But he obviously fell away through the, uh, the rest of the year. But him being priced under 50 was... I think a little bit undervalued and it was for the first party absolutely killed it. Dragons just haven't been as great and his missed tackles are a bit of an issue. So that's that top section in the mains. I think, you know, very fair to bring, to have all those guys in at that point. Bullymore at 330 was an interesting one. Uh, just if you're basing it off his scores for the Broncos, he had a really good PPM. What we saw early in that first game, apart from that try, he was pretty poor in his PPM and then minutes started to fall away a bit um, and just wasn't the same player as he was at the Broncos. And on an edge wasn't his type of role, which, um, again, just had to look and see that early. Randall was perfect. Schneider was perfect. Um, and, you know, Walters did his job. He wasn't amazing, but did his job. Isaac Tungo picking a cheaper center that has dual position in the edge in a great team for someone that has young, uh, has talent was always going to be a great call, and Max King was a must-have. So I think overall we did pretty good there. We can see Jack Bird in this section as well with him there. He was okay without being spectacular, did his job, and we saw as you know, got later in the year, he ended up being a really, really good player. So that's kind of more what we were expecting or hoping was what happened later in the year. It just didn't happen as much, but it wasn't a mistake, let's just say that. It just didn't get the extra value that we would have hoped for, that we got out of. Yeah, you know, Aiken got a little bit more value out of him for sure, and you could have held him the whole year. Uh, but let's just quickly, let's skip through a little bit further. To average around that 60 mark, but he's um, someone you could, you could see about it. Have someone like Xavier Coates. Let me know what you think on that one. Which one do you think would be better? But yeah, we'll take a little bit of time. Seven hours until lockout. Not Xavier Coates. We'll be a little bit less by the time this is posted. Madison, Payne Haas is captain as well, and also Kurt Mann in the mid. So they'll, yeah, it's very strong mids, which is pretty cool, along with the strong hooker. Edge, we get a, a gun in Angus Crichton, so really high on him. Obviously, a slightly down year last year, but has the dual position and is going to be super consistent on that left edge for the Roosters. Won't have to run out of the line as much, you know, do as much in that sense. 
Um, they had two pretty average years in a row then, which is something to think about for next year. Like, for him, he's gone. Um, scored way better in years past than he did the last two years, so very interesting. Um, what we see now, we've got all the rest of them. So we've got Nico Hines, Stephen Crichton, obviously Paps. Paps was an interesting one, just, you know, obviously spending a bit on him. He was fine, like, you know, when he was doing well, he had games where he absolutely killed it. Um, yeah, multiple tries and, and smashing out there. And then emergency, Sean Russell actually started really well, so that was a good one. Luke Thompson as well, starting at 220 was a no-brainer. Um, starting with him was great. He ended up scoring, you know, mid-30s for a bit, and I, know, I think my team might end up trading him in, for example. But, yeah, you can see here why I started well, for example. So let's jump back out of here, and we'll look at... Uh, my ranking, uh, sorry, my overall ranking history. So we started the first one at 1,700, and then you can see like, that overall team was pretty good to start off. Second week, we, we had a really, really good one. So that got us down to 171 overall. And the worst we ended up from there was a 686 in round seven. So it really shows that if you can get that round one team correct, that you can do really, really good work. And, and you know, we're looking at that team again. And we're seeing guns. We're seeing a couple of mid-rangers in Kurt Mann, someone who's a middle forward playing 13 that had uh, you know, a great chance of doing well, which he, he scored pretty well. He did, he did his job. Jack Bird playing in on an edge and him in the centres. Again, him or Ewan Aiken, either one was going to do pretty solidly without, you know, there was limited risks on those type of guys. If we look at some of the other ones, obviously the cheaper guys is the ones you, you, know, you can get right or wrong. Uh, didn't go with Madison, went with Matt Byrne, who ended up fine uh, in that one. But really, other than that, I'm just going for cheapies. So everyone on the bench was cheapy, just go 350 or below, and the majority of them worked out well. And if they didn't, you could straight swap them for a cheap guy. The one we did miss was Josh King, for example. Uh, he was one of the other cheap guys that we could have selected him over Bullymore and potentially a safer role, but we weren't exactly sure at that time. We knew Bullymore had scored well. Josh King had done okay at the Knights, but him in a storm system in the middle for a guy that's a, a nut trucker and more of a tackler, for example, uh, that obviously worked out well for those that picked him up. That was probably the main mistake in this team uh, was going there. And I went for a little bit of value in Hunt when I could have you know, spent up a little bit more. And you can see he'd gone for a DCE, obviously, but that would have dropped you know, a, a mid-ranger elsewhere or something like that. So, yeah, generally... Picked pretty well on this side. Replaced Brent uh, Smith for someone, which we'll have a look at in a sec. But um, yeah, you can see why the team did well. Anyway, I think that uh, is good. So yeah, then from there, just overall rank went from you know, 666 down to 250, down to 26 in two weeks, which was crazy. Uh, and then the best overall rank we had was 18 uh, and sat between 18 and 31 between that four weeks. And then we made a few mistakes in trading, which we'll have a look at. Um, but yeah, having started so well, we didn't have to make a trade until round three. And that was when Crichton, I believe, had some... Did he get injured in the end? Not exactly sure. He just wasn't... No, he was just he was scoring poorly at that point. Um, so we decided to move him on and and go for Ewan Aiken, who had had a couple of decent weeks. And that ended up being a good trade. We did, uh, we'd obviously keep him for the majority of the year until round 15. We moved on from him. So just looking generally at the trade history, and then we'll go through... Um, what those teams looked like week to week basis, but Crichton and Russell. So Russell got injured. We traded them out. You bring in Starling and Aiken. So Aiken was a center gun. So you're trading a gun for a gun, uh, one that wasn't performing well, which worked out fine um, for someone who had a bit of money money to make and was a keeper in their position, which is cool. And then Starling. So he obviously had 
some great weeks. And if you picked him up early, I think you did a pretty good job on him. Uh, if you picked him up a bit later, it didn't work out so well. So those two there, Starling had the potential to be a keeper because Hodgson was going down injured. It was obviously when Wolford came in that we were starting to have some issues because Starling was averaging 50 at that point. So you're getting two 50-point scorers for a injured winger uh, and a fallen gun, a slightly fallen gun. So I think that worked out okay. Ethan Bullimore to Brody Jones worked out pretty solidly. Brody was averaging 40 for a good portion there. Uh, and until he lost his spot to Fitzgibbon, which we did think was going to happen. Um, yeah, we're in a pretty solid position there with that trade. Round five, so Jack Bird to Taylor May. Obviously, getting on May pretty early was key, and you know Bird kind of hung price there for a good portion of time. So overall, if you held Bird the whole time, you, it worked out pretty good. You, know, you got about about what he was priced at, about that 43, and obviously trading him out and bringing him back in a little bit later would have worked out nicely, but... Taylor May was really important. He did a great job up until, again, about that round 15 or so mark uh, where we looked to trade him out there. So from there, Stephen Crichton trading him out in round six and Leo Thompson. Leo Thompson was completely fair, like he peaked a little bit in price. Stephen Crichton, that was a fair bit early, I would say, for that one. And, and that's something that you look at and go, okay, well, I'm trading in a Taylor May. Yes, Stephen Crichton lost his goal kick at that point to Cleary, but if I'm trading in a, a winger from the same team, there's a reason I'm doing that because he's getting plenty of ball and plenty of attacking stats. Crichton was someone that he was hanging at an all right price around that 500k mark because he'd done really well at the start. Uh, I just suppose in, in our heads was like, well, could he continue doing that? If he had that 20 or 30 like that he'd been hap- having that last week or two, um, could you hold on and expect him to get a, a good game or two where he gets 50? And that's exactly what happened. So that, you know, thinking back, we probably could have done a little bit better with that one and just hold on to that. But what we did was actually bring in Kohler, who at the time wasn't doing anything crazy. You know, he it did improve over over time there and, you know, it ended up working out okay. But I think that one, the Ruben Cotter one, obviously was great. And actually, you know, it feels like... That feels like a long time ago, but it doesn't feel like he was playing in round six, but he obviously was and um, and started scoring well, and we brought him in, and he did a good job. So Isaiah Papali, probably bringing him, him in a little bit earlier would have been better, but I brought him in a lot earlier in this team than I did the people squad. So Kurt Mann for Isaiah Papali was a huge upgrade, um, and that was great. So it's a perfect trade there. Round nine, Brody Jones is out of the team, and Kobe Hetherington. So we actually started with him in the head-to-head squad. Uh, that's who I brought in. I brought in Hetherington instead of Billy Smith. So did that work out? Yeah. Got a couple of okay scores from him early. But training them to our Jackson Hastings, bringing him in at a terrific time. This is when I started making up big ranks in round nine, as you'll see, as you'll see down here. So round eight, I struggled a bit. Round nine, I brought in Hastings and he killed it, for example. And I brought in Isaiah Taft. So unfortunately, that one didn't work out at the time, did it? But then it eventually did. So we knew what we were seeing out of him. He had some talent in a good team and, and it eventually worked out but I'm pretty sure I traded him out before then didn't I yeah round 12 <laughs> so yeah that was an annoying one but is what it is just shows that sometimes you need to um, keep the faith a little bit but he did come in for like one week and then got dropped so yeah strange and then he ends his spot back and he kills it so yeah we knew it was the right move it just didn't play out the way we wanted to okay Pap getting injured tra- straight to him for Tedesco was a great move always is bringing in Teddy uh, even though it was pretty close towards the final, uh, the origin time, as a head-to-head player in this situation, it was making sure that you made the correct selection and, and bringing in the best wing fullback at the time. Chris Randall trading out to that point was completely... 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Fine and Brad Schneider again. He did a great job all the way up till round eleven. So thank you for Schneider's to bring in Nat Butcher and Mister People. So he also had an opportunity to to get some time on in that that um, Jacob Host position, and it just didn't work out that way. Again, we had we went took a little bit of a punt on that one. He was pretty cheap, obviously, but taking that opportunity to try and bring him in in that time because uh, he did have a great PPM, and he will be someone that gets an opportunity at some point in the next few years. But this time it just didn't work out for us. Nat Butcher did great for a few games and then happened to get like 40 minutes in a couple of games and play some 13. It was a bit of a strange one. And then obviously everyone's bringing him back in at the end of the year. So again, just another one that just could have worked out a bit better than it did. And, you know, I'm pretty happy with the majority of these trades, to be honest with you. And that shows why that we, we ranked so well. Isaiah Tasta trading him out at that time made sense, but obviously later on it didn't. And Tualangi as well, he was uh, he got moved to the bench, played a couple off the bench there, and was getting very limited minutes and very limited points, so he was going to lose a lot of the value that he created. So trading him out was the way to go. Bringing in Tohu Harris at that time was, was, a, was a good one and you know, didn't work out too well eventually, but Jacob Karaz had some great scores and made some good cash as well. So I think we got him maybe a week late um, from, from his big score, but that was okay. In round 13, so this is obviously first week of the buyers. We moved on from Ben Hunt because he started to score pretty poorly. Made sense. Billy Walters and Lockie Ellis in that week. And that worked out great. Ellis didn't play very well for a few weeks there. And then he kind of started getting good in the back end of that origin period when Luttrell was back and killing it. So that was fine. But bringing, back, bringing back Angus Crichton in that time. So trading him out at the start and bringing him back in. Look, it eventually worked out. Okay, he ended up scoring some big ones, but he had that. He literally got good score in round 12, I think. And 11 and 12, we brought him in in 13 thinking he was back, and then he had a bit of an average spell from there. Kurt Falls had a great game in round 13, and then we ended up getting a great score from him in round 25. So that was interesting. And Ruben Garrick went on absolute tear for a bit and then fell away, obviously, at the end of the year. So at that time, was a correct trade-in. Tom Starling... Nat Butcher being traded out, so bring him in 11, bring, taking him out in 14 because of the situation that they found himself in, and then trading in Karaz in 12 and trading him out in 14 would have been, uh, you know, looks like a mistake. Adam Reynolds was the mistake in this. Raymond Fatale Mariner, happy enough with that trade. Ezra Mann, also happy with that trade. Bring in Adam at that time was a play on what he'd done the first portion of the year, so I think that's pretty fair to, to make that decision based on that. But it, again, it didn't work out. He got he copped an injury to the ribs. He had a very low score in that game uh, and then just didn't return great until a bunch of weeks later. And then obviously Broncos fell off a cliff from there. So 
you can see him around 18, I traded him out and yeah, he just copped a bunch of crappy scores. Where if I just went uh, him, for example, sorry, instead of Reynolds, I went like Munster at that time, copped the one miss in 17, because that's the point. I brought in Reynolds in round 14 because he's going to play in 17, whereas Munster wouldn't. Munster was the better scorer just at that point. But I can understand why I traded in from Reynolds. It's just it was going to get him for the rest of the year. And he was averaging mid-50s to 60s. Uh, and Munster was going to miss that extra game. But obviously bringing Munster in round 18 was killer. And, and that dominated. But again, that is hindsight. And that is how things go um, in this game sometimes. Oh, God. I don't even want to look at the next couple of trades. <laughs> oh, three of the next four. Yuck. Okay. Ewan Aiken out. Jackson Hastings out. Okay. The Hastings one's completely fine. Ewan Aiken... Probably should have held. I think he was out for that week or something like that. I was like, all right, time to trade him out. He was a keeper in the centers. Should have stayed that way. It's not like he killed it the rest of the year, but he was doing adequate work. I believe I traded in Toto at that time. He was always going to miss round 17. So why, yeah, again, I, I didn't bring in Munster for Reynolds in that time, but decided that Toto was at his cheapest point and he was a good player to be able to bring in um, yeah, for that next week. And unfortunately, that did not work. He ended up holding him for the entirety of the season until last round or whatever it was, entirety of the season, um, and just scored really poorly. So it just, just didn't suit him on that right-hand side. The left player, like Triton, did a, a good job just because he's super, super talented and a little bit closer in. Uh, the left side always kills it. And so him moving from the left to the right was a big issue. And then he just wasn't getting the tackle breaks and stuff that he wasn't on, on, on the left-hand side. Strange. Uh, and McInnes. So McInnes was a good trade-in. Thought he'd get a few more minutes than he did. And obviously, weeks like this where he gets 71, you're like, oh, happy days. Um, but that's that. The next one's the killer. So Ruben Cotter out, uh, which we had to. He did the hammy, which was annoying. And Isaac Tungo, again, okay, worked out fine. But t- trading in Tyson Frizzell, who just at that point decided to have his worst six weeks of his career, really, like in terms of fantasy scoring. He's been so consistent for so long. Had an awesome start to the year. Got him at a little bit of a cheaper price. Uh, just under 700K, I believe. Bring him in. Ready to smash it, and unfortunately, it just did not work out at all, and he had his shocking period of time. Jerome Hughes, bring him in in round 16, thinking that he would get back to some of last year's efforts. Every one of his stats were just that little bit worse. You know, uh, tackle breaks were, were down, the, the missed tackles were up, these type of all those things were just in the wrong direction either way, unfortunately, and that did not work out for us with bringing in Jerome Hughes. And I did the same thing in my team as well. Uh, I think in the same week brought him in. So those two were, were shockers. If we look at round 17, trading out Payne Haas, I think worked out as a better decision. I know a lot of you guys did the same thing. So Payne Haas, Max King, and Trent Peebles out for Joel Fengawe. Worked out great. Chris Lewis, who just has a, a cash out for that week. He did score well in that week. And Zach Hosking scored great in that week as well. So two cash outs, completely fair. And Joe, Joe O scored great for the rest of the year. So I think that was completely fine. Adam Reynolds, four months, that ended up being a terrific decision in round 18. Quite happy with that. Round 19, we used four. So Frizzell out, Hughes out, Taylor May, and Ezra Mann. I think all of them are completely fair. Bringing in Cam Murray was awesome. Bringing in someone else other than DCE would have been better, for sure. Adam Dewey was a great trade-in, and then Aaron Booth didn't work out how he wanted it to. So DCE didn't work out, and Booth didn't work out. The other two did. So, yeah, you can you know, work out that one as, as you please, uh, as how you want to think about that. DCE, bit unlucky. The situation was just a bit ridiculous, to be honest with you. So any other any other year, and he continues to average 65. Um, yeah, thankfully, he scored well in the last round. But yeah, from 19, basically, all the way through until uh, round 20, 24, he didn't score very well. 
unfortunately. So then round 20, we lost uh, Fatala Mariner and also Zach Hosking. Again, bringing in Dean Mariner for one week. I think we needed a centre in this one because I traded out Taylor May. So see how there's the, you know, the, the swings and roundabouts you, you trade off here and then you have to bring in, you know, trade out a decent, half-decent player here um, to bring in an average player who plays one game, two games, whatever it is. Uh, and that didn't really work out in our favour. Dave Fafita had a bunch of good weeks, so I was pretty happy with that. Obviously, last year, round 25 wasn't his best, um, but that's okay. That's how it is. You had to have a little bit of a risk in that one to try and win the head-to-head comps, for sure. Dave Fafita's a great pod. Round 22, we left one uh, week off. We went Booth to Salmon. I think that worked out okay. Obviously, uh, losing his spot in the second last week didn't work. Then trading Ruben Garrick to O'Sullivan in the last week. We got one really good score, a 70, and then a 31. So... Overall, a 50 was what I was hoping for him to at least average 50. So if you look at those trades, I'm pretty happy overall. There weren't too many big mistakes, and that's why we did rank at 268 or whatever we, whatever we completed at. So I think yeah, we left enough for right at the back of the year as well. Yeah, we, had, we were able to use basically what? We were 3 and 13, 3 and 14, 2 and 15, 2 and 16, 3 and 17, and then 118, 419, 220. So really pumped those trades through that period just to try and get the best team possible. Obviously, a few of them didn't work out. We talk about Reynolds, we talk about Frizz, Hughes, um, DCE didn't work out. So there's five guys that, of guns that we look to bring in that didn't work out. And I think we've the biggest thing we've learned here is that in my team especially, just picking, trying to pick some of the fallen guns or the guys that are a little bit undervalued, you would think, uh, just didn't really work out this year. It was the, it was the top guns, yeah, apart from DC, to be honest with you, even the top guns didn't work. So it was just picking the right ones and getting lucky with them. You know, Tarpany worked out really well, basically the entire entirety of the second half of the season. You had Cam Murray, you had Damian Cook. They just continued to do great work. Cam Munster was great. Um, you know, you didn't have Nathan Cleary's and stuff like that. So that was that part of it was very interesting. But yeah, and then this is the team we end up with. So if we look at round, yeah, the end of round 24 squad, which is what we need to look at here. In terms of the amount of guns we had, you look at that top four and it's super strong. Papali'i, McInnes, Murray, Cook, Crichton, Harris, Munster, DC. You're happy with that as with that last, uh, that halves pairing. Just Kohler, you'd say, in here that wouldn't be, you wouldn't want in the centers. But again, I'd really struggled through that middle to back end and I lost a bit of uh, team value, which stopped me from getting a gun center. But holding Matt Burton all year turned out to be a great idea. He didn't score great at the end, but that was that. Teddy, Hines, Dewey, awesome. And that was just the trade-ins at Toa, just didn't work out. Well, Offhand Goway was terrific. Dave Fafita in there is perfect. Uh, and Sean O'Sullivan, another gun. So really overall, we had, I'd say, 16 guns. One was fallen in Toa, didn't play so well. And Kohler was, you know, obviously hit miss average. He hit 13 in the last round. Uh, so really, if we were able to make a few more better decisions through that middle to back end there, we'd have been able to develop and, and build up enough equity in the team to be able to get an extra gun or two in that 17 i think we would have been able to win one or two maybe three more of those head-to-head competitions and and then had our um you know obviously our four three to four cash outs then you know three cash outs would have been great and had a really good 18th man so i wouldn't be struggling uh week to week in the last few just to get by and have a cracker team so that was that i found that very interesting to do let me know what you guys thought on that one but yeah this is the original uh, the original team in the end, so we can look at it actually properly. So brought in, um, as we said, Hetherington, wherever he is, yeah, on the interchange, brought in Burton for that um, and just moved the gun into that position. And then, you, yeah, we can look at it week, you know, weeks to weeks. So we would go into round eight just bef- in my one of my worst weeks. At, yeah, my lowest rank there is 666. Um, 
you started to build into a, a decent side. Round nine, we brought those couple of trades in. And yeah, so you see brought Cotter in 59. We've got Isaiah Papali'i we only recently bought in. Um, Uzilius, which was ideal. Um, yeah, Hastings 51. We even had a Hunt 13 and a Tass 15. We still did arrive. We had the captaincy of Nico Hines. That's why I remember that. That was ridiculous. 132 and I captained him. Um, but you see the, the constants there the whole time. Obviously, Cookie's the, the constant. We had Maxi King for the majority of the year. Um, Hunt was there for a long time. Nico Hines there all year. Burton there all year. It's important to have sort of that seven to nine players that you just hold for the majority of the year. That round 10 rank, I came second overall in round 10 with a 9.54. So that was pretty spectacular. Picked the right captain with Papa Lee. So I went right captain in nine, right captain in 10. And that was pretty hectic there. Overall rank 31 in that point. Went down to my best ranking in round 18. So, uh, sorry, best ranking of 18 in round 12. And we look at that squad there. And that still included some average scores. We had Hastings that started performing poorly. Only a 55 from Hines there. Taylor Mayer, 37. Tungle, 34. This is the period that Burton started to kill it. We had Cotter, Cook, Burton, uh, Butcher with a nice score. Tohu Harris was doing his thing. Aiken was doing his thing as well. So, yeah, overall, yeah, Max King, Haas, just ever, and, and Tedesco bringing him in at the correct time. So, shows that it can be done, right? I, I, I started with a good, let's just say a good overall first team, um, and then just made majority, majority of the trades were good, um, and they end up with a rank of 260. So, I hope that shows that it's not too ridiculously difficult to do. I know if we, you know, we we're going to you know, look at the, um, as well, the emergency picks and stuff on a week-to-week basis. Just a, I just made good decisions here, picking Snyder and having him as a loop guy when Aiken didn't play. He got the 49 that week, for example. If you look at, I think, um, might have been round one, I think I was able to... Did I start with... I don't even know if I... Did I, ever, I didn't even think I ever bring, brought in Nanai, for example, so that was interesting. But I was able to... Yeah, tongue all there in... In um, in round one, was able to loop him in. I you know, I didn't, I wasn't able to loop King in, for example, or Sean Russell. But that was a good start with the tongue uh, looping to get that right. Uh, and then here we we had Luke Tom- Leo Thompson with forty five, but generally picked pretty solid there with those picks. And um, and just week to week, I think we just did that better in this one here. So we missed out on all the low ones, which was fine. Got Birds thirty nine in that one, which worked out good. And then just a week to week, I think we, we just did a solid job. Obviously, missed out on King's one there and played Hetherington instead. So, you know, don't always get it right. But I just never missed out on those massive scores, which I did in my team. So, uh, bench roulette just didn't work out too well in, in my squad. But again, we're going to have a look at that. Uh, I'll look at that one individually. And then we're going to go through with Mr. Scoop, Mr. Lockie Smith on the people squad and, and really go in through that one in detail. And that would be a little bit different to what how I just went th- went through it. Uh, but it'd be a nice discussion nonetheless. So I really hope you guys enjoyed this one. And I, I really think it's going to be a great use of your time and energy uh, in the preseason next year. And I hope you, um, you come back and, and watch again next year. I appreciate you guys so much for being here. And we'll catch you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.